0: This is the Frogcast.
1: Welcome to the FrogCast. We are glad to be back with you. We've had a lot of things go on in the last couple of weeks, and we are ready to talk about it. we got to talk about some baseball, basketball, TCU Hornfrog Frog football. Uh, spring is going to be here before we know it. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more on this episode of the FrogCast. We'll have with me tonight Jeremy Clark and Daniel Southern. Fellas, you doing all right this evening?
2: Yes, and I want to apologize. It's all my fault because we haven't had one of these in a couple of weeks. I've had uh, crazy country internet issues.
1: Well, you Parker County boys, uh, you need to get off those string cans and get into the 21st century. Although Daniel's always got good internet. He's out there in a yeah. redo.
0: I have excellent, excellent uh, U-verse. In fact, I have speeds that they
1: don't even oh, advertise. Well, speed, speed, baby. My dial-ups get better. <laughs> Good. CD well, baby? I know you go down to the gas station in Azle and get that AOL dial-up CD, and that's how you guys connect, but we'll we'll make it work.
2: So. <laughs> you know what? You want to hear a funny story, though? There's, there's a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, yes,
1: I was hoping okay, I would there's, hear one.
2: There's, this is a true story, I'm, I promise you. And guys listening right now, get to the dang TCU stuff. Anyway, here in McDonald's and Azel, I went up there a couple times, and I kid you not, this lady has got not her laptop. She's got her desktop computer with a printer and every other kind of paperwork on one of the tables they have there at McDonald's doing her office work because of the free Wi-Fi. <laughs> Only in Azle, boys. <laughs> Only in Azle.
1: You know, when I lived in Alito, uh, a- Alito to Az- Azle up uh, far, uh, 1187 there, up Branch up, 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 up yeah. up Out Road, Farm Road 5. Farm Road 5, that's what it is. That was the longest seven miles in American history. The gap between the, the, those seven miles was a uh, were two different yeah, worlds. So sure. I think I think everybody on Westport Worth gets that. Well, let, let's jump right in here. Let's let's talk a little baseball. The frogs had their first pitch out there against Grand Canyon U. Daniel, uh, we watched a little bit of this game. It, it was uh, frustrating to watch at times. It was something that was uh, we, we won. We got two out of three games, but. Luke and Baker got hit. He's out of game. Just, just your rough take on what you saw from the baseball program in their first series of the season.
0: Nah, they seemed a little rusty. Um, it, it's kind of sucked having Baker get hit in the eye or whatever that was. But uh, two days later, he puts one uh, onto a busy street. Um, but what I was uh, a little bit disappointed with, I thought, was starting pitching. Um, maybe... Maybe Grand Canyon, uh, who I thought was an online school, I'd never heard of them before. Uh,
2: and, uh, you should. That's G. It's TCU part two.
0: I mean, they seriously. I, I mean, there should be like. Uh, I don't. It's a not, lawsuit pending somewhere. Yeah, because that is
2: awfully. I can't believe. Copycat. Drew
1: Martin, if you're listening to this, I want to know how they got that licensing material.
2: <laughs> it was. I, I saw our good friend Jeremiah at the basketball game on Saturday, and. We were talking about that, and I, I said, man, how, how in the world does that school – how does TCU not have a legal case against them? And he goes, man, I, I really don't know, but they should do something.
1: Now, are you talking about our good friend Jeremiah Glenn or Jeremiah Donati?
2: Glenn. Oh, okay. Glenn. They're both, they're, yeah, Donati's a good friend. Too. They're both important. I mean, yeah. yeah, very important. All right, back
1: back to the baseball. Daniel, anything else you saw from from the from the series that that's worth highlighting because I I'm with you. It's like I thought the pitching would be a little better. Uh, you know, the bats are going to come around. I know, I know we saw some runs especially in that last game even that we lost. But any any other takeaways you had from watching uh TGCU? <laughs>
0: um Josh Watson seemed to kind of be not I don't want to say he's back, but uh, he wasn't disappointing like I was just going to expect. Um, I thought everyone else was hitting well and all these freshmen played pretty well um, considering, uh, you know, where they are in their uh, collegiate career, but it's just the starting pitching. I I thought would be way more dominant. So what I was saying about GCU was like, I thought maybe, you know, with this new stadium they got and um, the 30,000 fans of whatever that announcer said they had um, that they were just really amped up and just, so they were going to hit, really well, and I, I don't know, but it, I was a little disappointed. I think the rest of the pitching did pretty well, but um, I expected more out of Janzak, Lodolo, and um, Sean Weimer, so maybe maybe a little, they'll pick it up, but um, I was just a little surprised by that.
2: The good thing about Watson, he, he had a lot of home runs his freshman year, and wasn't it almost the last game of the year, basically, before the World Series, that he had a home run? I mean, didn't he take almost the? If I remember right, didn't he take almost the whole year to even hit his first home run? And then I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, now he's now he's already ahead of the game right now with the way he was hitting out in Arizona this past weekend. So that's a good sign.
1: That was one of the stats they kept talking about last year through you know April and May and you know as as they were moving in through the playoffs. So I'm glad to see him kind of shake that off and and not have to listen to that um, through every broadcast. You're right on that, Jeremy. One of the weird things about that was, you know, we had the game on ESPN3 for Game 1, but then I, I caught it on YouTube, and then I think, if I'm remembering, I think I watched it on Facebook. Is Did either of you guys catch the, the live feed through something other than ESPN3 for Game 2 and Game 3?
0: I don't think they were on ESPN3, because if you notice, the broadcast was significantly downgraded. <laughs> um, well, I watched it on YouTube. I watched the I watched all of what I watched was on YouTube, um, including the first game, which was through ESPN three. But they piped it through their little YouTube channel too, so it seemed like a pretty good broadcast. But that was ESPN. Then it went to basically their version of Frog Vision, which I was really s- uh, glad to see that Grand Canyon University did not have a spectacularly better broadcast service than uh, TCU. Well.
1: At least two of us are total homers here, and I think we can both admit that's one of the weak links of our communication is, is uh, frog vision. So it's
0: terrible, yeah. absolutely. Yeah,
1: terrible. <laughs> yeah. You give give us some more unbiased commentary there. <laughs> yeah, I, I asked about that because you know, let's just be honest. I think that's the way that, that, that sports are going, the way that people consume sports. I watched, I watched, uh, I know it was on ESPN three because I watched it on my iPad and pulled up ESPN three on the watch espn app and that's how i caught the the first game and then the other two i watched on my phone through through youtube and and through facebook so uh yeah interesting interesting experience interesting interaction in the way that that is so that's the wave of the future so we might as well get ready for it Let's go ahead and switch gears to the other sport. We are a three-sport program, my friends. We got you know a baseball team that's off to a uh, hopefully a good start to a great season. We got the basketball team, big win over Oklahoma State. That was a solid victory for the frogs. You know, putting up a, a big double-digit win against another team that's below us in terms of fighting to get into the tournament. Jeremy, I know that you follow the program, the basketball team more this year than years past, as well as so many other fans. Uh, the Frogs are kind of on the bubble. I think they're on the inside of the bubble right now. Yeah. But what what is your take on where the Frogs sit, not only for making the tournament, but just where they stack up with the rest of the Big 12, which we all kind of see as a is a massive car wreck every oh, yeah. every Saturday and every Tuesday?
2: Good grief. I mean, it wasn't a good start for TCU the other day, guys. I mean, they, they were 0 for 8 from the field to start the game. Oklahoma State hit 7 of 10, and then... You're thinking, okay, this is going to be a route. I mean, the, the TCU just does not look good. And they really turned it around. I was really impressed with the way they played defense and uh, just really overcame early adversity. And, and Oklahoma State goes on to hit 15 of their last 50 shots. So TCU just hung in there, got a good win. That was a good quality win. Oklahoma State's – every team in this league has has a quality win over someone. Um where TCU stands, I agree with you, Jeff. I, th- I think they're on the inside of the bubble right now. They've still got a, a pretty good RPI. Um, they've, they've still got, I think Jamie said the other day, that uh, they have the seventh toughest schedule in, out of 300 and some odd teams in the country that are trying to get into the tournament. So they look good at that aspect. But I still personally think, and with talking with some other people around the program, they all kind of feel that they need to get to that eight-win season in the conference they still got Iowa State on the road this Wednesday. They've got Baylor at home next Saturday, which is going to be a, a very tough game. Baylor's won five straight. Kansas State at home, and then they got to go on the road to Texas Tech. I think the Frogs could easily win two of the four games. I also think they can win all four of the games, and I also think they can lose all four of those games. Iowa State, they beat like a drum here in Fort Worth, uh I don't remember how many weeks ago, but it, they, they had one of their best wins of the year. And then they you know, have a, a game against Baylor where they barely beat down in Waco. But Baylor is probably playing the best basketball of the Big 12 right now. I think if they get a win on the road at Iowa State and win at home against Baylor, I think that those two wins are going to be enough to put them in the tournament. Probably as an eight or nine seed, but... They've got to win two, two, two of those games, in my opinion, for them to have a surefire invitation into the big dance. But the good thing is they got two of those games at home, and, and T.C. has been pretty successful at home this year. You know,
1: I think you're right. If they split those two and, and can just kind of go two and two and then get to Kansas City and, and get a win over a team that, that would be above them. And so, you know, beat a team that's a lock for the tournament, beat an Oklahoma, beat a West Virginia. I mean, heck, like last year, beat a Kansas. If they can, uh, you know, even if they go one and three, if they can uh, keep playing into the weekend in Kansas City, I think they got a good shot to to continue to play their way into the tournament. But if they go two and two and get to the semifinals in Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament, they're in. I mean, that's just, they're in. And so, this is fun. I mean, that's the only way I know how to put it, because... I have followed Big Twelve basketball more this year right. than than any other season, and you—you you, I mean who is shocked when when a when a ranked team in the Big Twelve goes down? It's just part of what 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 goes on in this tournament all the time. I mean, it goes on in this conference all the time.
2: That's the thing. I mean, from top to bottom, this this conference really is. I know we all sound biased, we're Big Twelve homers, what have you, but this conference, the parity, man, it is—it's so close. You got Texas Tech ten and four. Iowa State's 4-10, and ten, but Iowa State has beat Texas Tech. Any given night in this in this conference, a top team can lose to a, a, a lower team, and vice versa, a lower team could beat a, a top team. It's just so crazy how close all of these teams are to each other. It's just, it's you know, it, When you go up to the tournament, it's, it wouldn't shock me if TCU lost to an Iowa State because Iowa State has shown that they could play decent basketball. It wouldn't shock me if TCU goes up and beats Texas Tech. I mean just it's it's so crazy it's no. so crazy um just predicting this conference I I don't know how anyone can just predict I don't think anyone could have predicted Texas Tech to be 22 and 5 right now. I don't think anyone. I
1: mean I wasn't going to I I wouldn't have predicted the 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 crash of Oklahoma the last four games.
2: Exactly. Oklahoma they're, they're a team that everyone was talking about a few weeks ago. Oh, man, they've got Trey Young. They're going to be a a four or five seed. Now that team is seriously in danger of making the tournament. Period. I mean, they're on the bubble. They've 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 really taken a nosedive. And if not for their two wins over TCU, I mean, I don't think anyone would really be talking about them for the tournament right now. Well, it is cliched, but
1: that is what you get in Big Twelve basketball. Every every game matters. Every game is is worth watching. And then the game that you think is not worth watching ends up being something that you, you you get on Twitter and everybody's like, "Turn on the Oklahoma State Kansas game right now!" Because you never know what's going to happen in that situation, and that's what makes this conference fun. And it's fun for for the frogs to be engaged in that. They're right there in the middle of the car wreck every week, and I think that's I think that's been you know good how many uh,
2: you know how many teams there are in the Big Twelve that have overall losing records. I think it's just Iowa State. There's zero. There's no team. Zero? Okay. There's no Iowa State's five hundred. There are no teams in the Big Twelve under five hundred overall for the season.
1: Yeah. And we haven't even mentioned Kansas State. And who's going to be surprised if Kansas State, you know, gets into the gets into the tournament? That's another team that is, you know, Bruce Weber comes in on the hot seat and it looks like he's going to fight his way into the NCAA tournament yet again. So
2: Yeah, that's that's the team when I was looking at Okay, how many how many uh, wins does TC really need to, to get to the tournament? Do they, do they need to go nine and nine? Do they need to go ten and eight, eight and ten? When I was thinking they would go nine and nine, two of my predictions were wins over Kansas State, both in Manhattan and in Fort Worth. And here we sit, Kansas State's third, tied for third in the conference at eight and six. I don't think anyone could have predicted that. I think, like you said, Weber came in and did a a, a bang up job. Yeah,
1: I think I think Kansas State basketball fans feel right now the way that A&M football fans have felt the last couple of years, which is, oh, my goodness, someone's going to do just enough to keep his job. I know their fan base was really frustrated with him, but he's got him at the top of the league. And that's that's not a small feat considering the, the, the strength of the conference top to bottom. Exactly. So. Well, let's go ahead and switch gears over to football. Um, you guys want to talk about football? Football. <laughs> we got the night of champions that's coming up here in a couple of weeks, Jeremy, this is a new event that um, they are, it's not a new event, but it's an event. They're really putting a lot of publicity on. Um, you know, it's a night for the, for people to celebrate the program kind of off season training comes to an end as they get ready for uh, spring practice. Tell us a little bit about this night of champions and then answer this question that a lot of fans have. Is this open to the public?
2: It is open. I know it's open to the media and i I'll find out for sure if it's open to the public, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it is, or they wouldn't even be advertising it the way they are. But it just gives those guys a chance. Like you said, just it's, it's the culmination to an off season program where they've been working hard in the weight room and uh, getting stronger. And, and these guys compete at their uh, respective weights to see who can lift the most weight. It's not really, it's, it's, I, I don't want to call it like a power lift meet or anything like that but it's pretty cool for those players to get out there and show how much they can they can bench in front of everyone how much they can squat and and just really see the transformation that some of those players have have had over the last year guys that have been on campus for maybe even three or four years just what they look like four years ago to what they look like now it gives the it gives the fans a chance to to really see what they look like and see how much weight they're putting up
1: Yeah, I remember the pictures from last year watching uh, Nico Small and Ty Summers just just throw that weight around like it was nothing. And those guys, my goodness, Ty Summers, he looks like he is just, you know, chisels out of granite. That young man is a machine. So yeah, if you get a chance to get out there, get to the Night of Champions, it's a great opportunity to interact with the team and the staff, be able to see what some of these men uh, are able to lift. And it's also a good reminder, and I like to add this in there, uh, these guys work their tail off. They just don't trot out there on the practice field in August and hope to uh you know hope the ball kind of bounces their way it is a full-time job on top of a rigorous academic schedule at tcu and these guys are really stretching their bodies and pushing themselves to do things that they're uh kind of exceeding their limit and it's 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 really neat to watch so get out there for the night of champions that's gonna spring go ahead
0: pretty cool um well, I was going to say that, what, what, like you're saying, on top of everything else they had to do, they still were able to maintain that type of physical shape, because I will tell you this. Just yesterday, I jogged an eighth of a mile and did 10 push-ups, and I am both, some muscles are rubber and some are on fire today. I have been absolutely hey, useless. Man, at,
2: least, at least you did it. Uh-huh. you <laughs> got to start somewhere. So...
1: So I take it you, you're not a member of CrossFit Alito. You don't
2: you don't you know, know where Michael Finley goes. But I've I've seen it. <laughs>
0: I've I've seen it before driving by on the way to like Chicken
2: Express. <laughs> I tell you, I think I think I'm going to go out uh, to that event just a because I've never been, uh, and i I've always wanted to go, but I've just never had time in my schedule to make it out. But I think I'm going to try to go out there this year. And I might try to get up under one of them bench press to see if I can put up about 150 still.
1: You know, I, you know, I can still bench over 250. And I, I say, that I'm, I'm a 42, I'm i I'm a 42 year old man From that knows my all bench press bottles. off the top of my head. <laughs> Did you say lifting all those bottles?
2: Yeah. Lifting everyone? Oh, lifting I you,
1: prayer. I thought you said lifting <laughs> all those bottles, and I'm like, yeah, yeah yes, I've had a beer before, but not as a way of life. <laughs>
2: Come on, Dave. you know what I said bottles. Come on. I,
1: I I actually didn't hear you on that Parker no, County internet. I know. Um, yeah, no. But I do want to pick up one more thing, Daniel said that is worth noting, and it's of great um, historical and theological context. That um chick that Chicken Express at Ranch House Road in twenty is is the best Chicken Express I've ever been to in my life. So I don't even know if it's still there. That was there when I was living in Alito, and I put on about twenty pounds just dipping those chicken tenders into Aren't, that grease.
0: when it was in the gas station?
1: Yes, in the ga- when it was in the gas yeah. station. I'm going way back. Yeah, it's to, it's
0: moved. They moved to the other side of Brookshire's uh, into a standalone. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. How would you like to run that place and see all three of the Harris boys walk in?
0: Uh, I'd love it because I of how much it. money they're about to
2: spend.
1: Yeah. I know, man. They'd be you know, like dropping some dropping, dropping some hundreds. Chicken
2: Express is owned by a TCU alum, I think. Yeah, Ricky Stewart. I bet yeah, Chicken Ricky.
1: I bet he'll be on the board of trustees pretty soon.
2: I
0: think he is already. Yeah, he is. Or, <laughs> or something like that.
1: Well, good. I hope I'm contributing to TCU football whenever I swing through the chicken. I, I got some this summer when we were down there for vacation, and man, it, it was as good as I remembered it. So it's it's rare that something is as good as you remember yeah. it. In my, I feel bad that
2: for that you good. sometimes just not having the kind of food up there in Illinois that we have down here in the great state of Texas.
1: You know, there. i tell you what, if you're going to live in the Midwest, the Chicago food is good. You get some, uh, you know, Portillo's is the chicken express of Chicago for Italian beef, and it's it's really hard to beat. So there's some good food up here. you got to look for it. There's not a good chicken fried steak within 800 miles of here, but there's some really good Italian beef, and there's there's great ethnic hey, food. So if that's kind of what you're looking
2: hey, for. Hey, Daniel, have you ever had the uh, Paleo's pizza out in Hudson Oaks? Uh, I haven't. Okay. Um, We're getting one here I in Hazel, had- so I, I wanted to see if anyone had tried it else, other than my wife. My wife there's, raves there's about one, it.
0: There's one right here by my house by the shell um, in Alito, actually.
2: And I still haven't gone, but it looks good. Well, I've got rave reviews from my wife, like I said, and a few other people, and, and I'm excited to have one out here. I always love good pizza. Don't you guys enjoy listening to us talk about pizza?
0: <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think there
1: Jeff's on Jeff. mute. Oh, I was on mute. Sorry about that. Uh, let's let's hey, what, let's uh switch back ask, here to what football. What are you
2: saying? Are you cussing us out when we're when you're on mute? Okay. <laughs> no,
1: I'm not. Are you I, speaking I in tongues? To I'm I'm not. I'm not doing that either. No, no, and I'm not even on Twitter. So I'm. I'm listening. I I, I thought I had a snarky comment, a funny comment that didn't. That clearly didn't make it on. I didn't realize I was on mute. So I mean, I I'd forgotten I was on mute. So, you
0: know, it's part of the the software update that when it's not a snarky comment, it's a lame comment. It automatically mutes it.
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> automatically <laughs> well you'll hear me for about 42 seconds on this on this podcast so well here we are 20 minutes in and we're uh we're still caught up on food so nothing nothing wrong with that people listen to us because of our high society views and all that kind of stuff so we're not colonial country club type of people i think we can all kind of agree to that
0: hey my granddad was a member i was close enough
1: that's good enough for me (laughs) jeremy when you think about what coach patterson wants to accomplish in spring football which will be you know beginning right after the night of champions just in your years of covering the program what's what's the goal of spring football aside from keeping everybody healthy from the top down of
2: the program well that's the number one goal staying healthy and number two would probably be growing kids up and what i mean by that is you got to grow them up on the field you got to get them some reps you got to Get the experience under them, guys that didn't have a lot of experience last year. Some of these guys that are redshirt freshmen, they get a a chance to go out there and and really compete for one of those open spots. And really, it's just about learning, you know, what guys you have that are going to be able to fill those. Vacancies that they have. I mean, you've got eleven starters coming back. I think uh, five on offense, six on defense, or it might be vice versa. I haven't I haven't dove in as as, as much as I, I I need to yet, but I'm about to. I'm about to start doing some um, spring analysis for each posi- position uh, breakdowns and, and guys that I expect to to kind of break through and and just talking with some of the people in the program about some uh, players that they think are going to break through as well. So that's going to be something for you guys to be looking out for in the next few weeks as we get closer to that March 2nd spring day or spring camp opener. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's basically stay healthy. That's, that's the number one goal every year. And, and uh, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon.
1: You know, we've had a, the 19 class that started to to fill up here a little bit. But when I look at the 18 guys, especially guys that were early enrollees, um, I see some people that can make some impact. You know, yeah. one of the names that, that's been asked about on this on, you know, I posted on the board, the number one, you know, the question right out of the gate was Tay Barber. This is a guy that was a three star out of out of the Houston area. I've had a couple people that that don't cover TCU say I covered this guy and I don't know why he wasn't a four star. But what are you said you've given us report that he is really making an impact already. Right. What do you see from Tay Barber? Uh, which side of the ball is he going to play on? You know, Clemson wanted him at DB. Right. Just give us a summary of of what you're hearing on Tay Barber. I think
2: some of that. Uh... Clemson stuff with Tay Barber, they were trying to get Leon O'Neal as well, um, so I think that's probably why he was kind of slotted toward, toward defense, but uh, as far as what Tay's doing on campus so far, I, I haven't heard one bad thing about him. He's came in and just set the world on fire in the weight room. He he works hard. The thing that they always watch for when these kids get on campus, these young kids get on campuses, how they get acclimated to everything. How How long does it take them to be a student athlete, do the things that they need to do in the classroom and, and really go out and do the workouts that they have to do as a, as an athlete and, and how fast can they get to where they're not having to constantly ride that kid. The kid, sometimes the kid takes a little bit longer. Sometimes the kid just gets it. And what I've been told about Tay Barber is that kid just gets it. I mean, he, he has come in from day one, knows what he has to do. He's gone out there, and, and whether it's lifting weights, whether it's running, he's already regarded as one of the fastest kids on the team. He's going to play offense. And w- what I was told straight up is the fact that he's doing so well at receiver is going to allow them to keep Kennedy Snell more of a running back role. Now, I know it's going to drive some people nuts, especially the, the 230, 220-pound running back club. But when you have an explosive player like Barber, you can, especially the lack of depth you have at running back right now, you you can afford to make that move and keep Kennedy more uh, into the backfield than you know what he was as as a, as a slot last year. So, Tay Barber is is a guy that definitely should be making an impact, especially with all the uh, the slot receivers they lost this past year. Desmond White uh, comes to mind. I think Tay can come in right away and, and be a a top player like Desmond was, and even better. Um once his career gets further along. I don't want to annoy him too much, but uh what I'm hearing right now is is pretty dang good and the and the guy that's telling me the most about him is the guy every frog fan would probably want to listen to.
1: <laughs> that's that's about as close to the horse's mouth as we're gonna get. We're just gonna leave it at that. I wanna I wanna add this. I'm gonna answer my own question. If you post on our message board for TCU 24-7 at Hornfrog Blitz, if you want to tweet questions into the show to me or Jeremy or even Daniel, don't ask us for a seven-minute update on – Justin Rogers' health. We don't need a by-day response to that. I'm so tired of people asking me, hey, what's the latest on Justin Rogers? Here's the latest on Justin Rogers. He got hurt, and he's recovering well, and they won't put him on the field until he's ready. That's That's exactly it. it. (laughs) And that's no offense. We we
2: love Justin. That is it. We all three of us love Justin. I know. uh,
1: Oh no no this yeah. is this is out of respect for him. I mean, I if, if we're getting badgered and you're getting badgered, I can't imagine yeah. how much he's getting badgered. You know, he got hurt. He's obviously recovering well. He's going to play quarterback at a high level at TCU. Don't ask it, him anymore. <laughs> the
2: one thing I do know that's, one, that's, that's and, my, and I'll that's say my it feeling. again because there there are going to be some people we got we guys we've got a lot of new members since since the end of last year and, and the beginning of this year. So and some of these people might. They they might have just been getting the information from somewhere else, and they really don't know. So I'll 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 be kind to those people. Um, Jeff, I know you want to you want to put them up and just put this forks and pitch forks and flames to them, don't you? But oh, yeah. <laughs> he's the main oh, one, yeah. guys. You he's the main one of the group. Trust me. No, no, no. But no, I'm not. Clearly, I'm not clearly. I'm not jumping on Jeff here. But I, I will say, Justin is, is is moving right along. He he won't practice in the spring. It, it would be silly for them. To make him go through spring camp. I mean, he, he is still coming off a major injury. They're not going to rush him. Like I said before, the great thing about just being on campus is he gets to be in Sonny Cumby's meetings, gets to, gets to go to class, gets to learn how to be a student athlete. He's going to be out there at spring practices. He's going to watch the speed of the game. He's going to watch all the signals. He's going to be everything you can be at spring camp, except in pads. And running the offense. Now, once summer goes through and they get ready for fall, that's an extra four months, four or five months of rehab and healing. Then maybe, just maybe, if they feel that he's comfortable enough and he's a hundred percent, maybe even a thousand percent, I mean that's how they're gonna take this. There's no there's no need to rush Justin right now. Especially if guys like Michael Collins and and Grayson Mulestein can can show that they can run the offense without Justin. I don't I, Justin Justin is a true freshman, so he's still going to have to learn a lot of things compared to guys that have been on campus for a while. And Justin does have the ability to do that. I'm just saying it's a little bit tough sometimes for even a five star kid to come in and learn a new offense and be the starter right away, or even the backup. So anyhow, if he's perfectly healthy and they they feel confident that if they don't put him out there he's not going to get hurt or re-injure it right off the bat then yeah he'll go through fall but for spring he will not go through spring camp will he be out there yes he will be out there probably a yep. right next to Sonny cumby the whole time so if that answers the question i hope it does
1: It does. It does. It's all for, for his good. You know, that's the upside of being here is, you know, I think TCU has a much higher interest in, in who he is and who he becomes. than you know, can we, can we get him on the field week four? That stuff will take care of itself. Just invest in the young man like yeah. the program does. And that's, that's what I'm excited that's, about. So.
2: And that's the thing you, you've got Sean Robinson coming back for, for some reason, people have forgotten. Sean was once a five-star quarterback too yes. and, and a top. Yeah. He was, I think number six overall. So, Sean's a pretty good quarterback in his own right. Then you have Michael Collins, who I'm going to tell you straight up, guys, that kid's going to make things interesting. He really is. Now he's the trans- he's,
1: he's a transfer from, he's the transfer from
2: Penn. Yeah, he played at the same school, high school as uh, Lucas Nang did. Okay. And so we, I'm telling you, last year when we when we saw the kid, at he was just good, it was before one of the camps. And Jeff, I don't, I'm not sure if you were at this camp or not, but I know Jeremiah and myself were there. And we saw this kid launching bombs. And I asked one of the coaches, like, who in the heck is that? Oh, that's Collins. And so from that point on, I got really interested in Michael Collins and his ability to come in and, and really make some things interesting on the quarterback death chart because he's a big kid. He's six five. He came from an Ivy League school, so you know he's smart. Uh, he just wanted to get down and play college football in the great state of Texas. I mean, what, what better place to come down and play football than the than the state of Texas? And plus, it didn't well, hurt that one of his high school teammates was on campus already. But um, well, he, he'll well, make some things interesting. And he's not slow either.
1: Well, let's be honest. Um, you know, I think Coach Patterson's plan the whole time from when he got the job in 2000 was to build a New England pipeline. And we finally did it. So <laughs> we got two guys from New England. Uh, one more guy from the 20... 20- One more guy from the 2018 class uh, before we get to some more questions. Uh, I saw on Twitter, Darius Davis out of Southern Louisiana. He ran what I think was the fifth fastest 400 time in the country this year. Um, If you haven't watched his, his 2017 huddle highlights that, that, that's big boy ball he's playing. This isn't like 1A West Texas. This is some big boy ball in South Louisiana. And when he got that ball in his hands, it, it was a separation speed. Like I, I have not seen in a couple years of, of – I, I watch way too much huddle. I'll just confess. My goodness, that young man has got some speed. And he's coming in to play offense. Is that right?
2: Right, right. And, and so I, I, hope it, I hope anyone that still has the question why Darius Davis is coming in to play offense rather than defense, just watch his huddle. And hopefully that gives you an answer because I thought the same thing at first guys. Oh, and I do this for a living. I, I was convinced he was going to come in and play corner. And then I had to find out from our good friend, Greg powers, who was down in Louisiana watching the game. And he said, Darius had at least had told him straight up. They want to see me as the next Cavante Turpin. If you watch his film, that kid has Turpin written all over him, And he's got the proven track times. His, his track times, are just out of this world. I mean, he he runs a uh, he's he's probably going to run a, a stinking twenty point nine this year in the two hundred. I mean, he's already running low twenty yeah. ones. For him to go out and run a forty eight point two two in the four hundred in in February, that's amazing. Just imagine what he's going to yeah. be running in April and May when it. it was, I mean, he did it. He did it indoors. But the kid didn't even look like he was straining at all when he was running. I mean, he he had no wince of pain of of any sorts and just ran a 48.22 like it's nothing. And I I guarantee by the time April and May rolls around, I would not be surprised if he's running low 47s and even gets to a high 46. It sounds crazy. Uh, No one could knock two seconds off their time. I've seen it happen personally. So trust me
1: well i just want to, I want to say this about that, so we you know the the horn frogs missed on on Jamar Chase that ended up signing with LSU, but we have spent a big chunk of this time talking about Darius davis who 's setting literally record breaking sprint speed as well as Tate Barber, who is already on campus, which matters more than what you do in high school he 's already on campus, adjusting to college life and to end of the training, and he 's going to be so hard to keep off of the field, and so you take. Those two guys, and then you take, um, you know, T Hunt. That is a great haul. And if you look at Omar Manning as uh, coming in as redshirt freshman, if he's in theory in their class in terms of seeing the field, that's a pretty salty group of people to put out there. And then you put him out there with yeah. Jalen Rager already, and then you've got this pipeline of quarterbacks that we've talked about. Um, nobody is his. Cr-
2: and you've got you've got you've got John Stevens, who's six five six six, and you've got Chase Van Wagner. Yes, that's a good receiver too. I mean their receiver receiver class was very good last year. It might be one of the best receiver classes that I've ever seen them sign. Yeah.
1: Well let's switch over to the twenty nineteen class here. Uh, Jeremy, give us a little update on some names that the frogs should know, some talent that the that, that TCU fans should keep their eye on, and frog fans uh, can can stay engaged with. I know you're also out at a at a, in an event where folks were getting evaluated and working against each other. Anything that you want to share with us on people, names, trends to keep an eye on for the 2019 class? We're all ears.
2: Well, I mean, they're off to a great start. I mean, five commits. The class is around number 14 in the country right now, uh, according to our composite. They're going to take I, – I don't even want to say it. Hold
1: on, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to hold you. This is it. 735 Central time. I'm going to hold you to this on February 19th. So the yeah. <laughs> week before signing day, i would be like, Jeremy, you said we're taking 21 and it's 19. I can't – why am I paying money for this? All right, go ahead.
2: I love you. I love you, Jeff, because you will say the stuff that 30 other people want to say, but they don't want to say it, but you'll say it. I uh, I'm writing no, it down. I, mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I, would, I would think the class is going to be between 20 and 25 right now. Um, they, I'm still getting a grasp of the big position needs. I, I know, obviously, they want a quarterback. They want two running backs. They want two receivers. They want to take a tight end. They'll pe- probably take about 25 offensive tackles. Um, I mean, their offensive tackle is a huge need for them this year. I mean, I, I can't be adamant enough. They're they're going to look far and wide for an offensive tackle. I I, I think Justin Osborne can play tackle. Um, uh, he when I saw him at the camp last year, he has really good feet. Uh, he's got a, actually a pretty long reach for a six four guy. And he's down there at IMG Academy now, so he's going to be playing against some tough competition. But he's he's a great I – mean, he did spectacular the last two years at Flower Mound Marcus. And he's a guy uh, – Jeff, when we were at the camp, he came in late with the skills kit, so he got like an individual workout. But so while you guys were down at the field, I was watching him in the indoor still work out with uh, Coach Thompson. And, and he's, he's a really good player. I think Frog fans are going to be excited about him. But they're going to be looking for the guys that are the – the 6'5", six, 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 260 to the 300-pound range right now, uh, and, and guys that can come in and add weight. I mean, if you look back at Joseph Noteboom, he was 265 when he got to TCU. and Look at him now. He's considered an a NFL prospect now, 3'10", 3'15". Um, but just moving forward, uh, I, I don't know if there's going to be a ton of commitments coming up. Um, I think the summer will – probably be the next wave of commits. I haven't heard of any kind of junior day that they're going to have. Again, they've they've had, I guess you can consider three junior days, but two of them were really just, excuse me, top priority days. They've had Grant Gunnel in. They've had Garrett Wilson, Dalen Wright. They've had some really, really good names, Theo Weiss, and they're in good position for a lot of those players. Are they at top right now? No. Um, really the only one I, I can see right now that they're at the top for is, is Dave and Wright. but they're still in the mix for a lot of these kids and, and, and Tom's going to tell which these kids, you know, which prospects are going to be able to land. But uh, I, I would say as an offensive line prospect, Andrew Coker's probably the guy they liked the best loved him. They loved the Stacy Wilkins kid out of Arkansas. I was told when, when those two were up on campus that, it was, they, the word I got, they thought Matt Pryor was a big kid until they saw Andrew Coker. And so, you know, that's, that just kind of gives you an idea of how, how big that kid is. But, uh, I, if there's a commit that would be on the way, it's probably going to be to a kid that is recently offered. And I don't have a name for that. I'm just throwing out. Because really, most okay. most of the guys that they've had offered, I think they're going to kind of wait out the process a little bit. I don't think Grant Gunnell is going to be in any hurry to rush into a commitment after decommitting from A&M. Um, obviously, if, if you guys have listened to this, we've been saying for a long time that TCU's very much in the mix, and we kind of figured that there might be something going on with A&M, and A&M might not be in the picture for much longer, and then, of course, he decommits. So... It's, yes. it's one of those things where we're not just trying to be homers thinking TCU's going to get everyone where you know TCU's just done a great job recruiting uh, grant and they're very much in the mix for him but uh, I'm rambling here but it, the class I think is we said it last year in 18 that we thought it was going to be the best class coach Patterson has signed since he's been at TCU and it, and it came in second but this this really has the makings of a class that, that could be really special. I mean, it, it really does. Okay. Well, not to
1: sound cliche, but you need to stay logged on to Horde Frog Blitz if you're not already to stay connected to what's going on with recruiting. Anytime there's a a you know, a fresh offer with a hot target or somebody, you know, kinda Begins to move towards committing. Jeremy's going to be right on top of that, and you're going to not want to miss out. So, if you haven't yet, go go, go sign on to Horn Frog Blitz. It's it's where you can get the best information, and this is by far the best TCU uh, football podcast that originates out of Parker County. And <laughs> I, I will just stake my life. Hey, on that. Uh, I got, so, uh,
2: clearly, it is. How, how much in royalties do you have to pay Jeremiah when you say stay logged on to Horn Frog Blitz?
1: Uh, he gets 50 cents every time I say that. Okay.
2: Every time you say that. Okay. Every time I say that. Yes. He gets, he gets, I I offered him 40 cents and obviously he took your offer.
1: That's right. So, well, I get a, I get a dollar for every download, (laughs) no, actually I don't. (laughs) All right. We're going to hop down here and do a couple of quick questions here and have some fun. So we're going to go in reverse order from the outline I sent you guys. So Daniel, I'm going to start with you. Question for you, Daniel, would you accept this trade? TCU wins the national title, but their lone loss is to a one in eleven Baylor. Could you live with that trade-off? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe that. Tell us why. <laughs> yes. Tell us.
0: Uh I, because it's Baylor. I just can't do it. Um no, just, I just, there's, 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 I don't care if we won. you could okay. say, all right, we're, you
2: know, I, I just can't, I don't even know how to express oh, it. I was oh just saying, oh, I can't do it. So they lose to Baylor. You're going to be down in the dumps. Yes. Everyone will be down in the dumps if they lose to a one and 11 Baylor, but think about the sports cry you would have if TCU, I know you would cry, Daniel, if TCU hoisted up a national championship, you would be crying. You'd be, I'd be, I'd cry because we lost oh, to Baylor I'd be crying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, but.
2: that's why I'd be crying Jeremy if TCU wins the national championship if they play in the national championship game Daniel you have got to record yourself and your emotions at the end of that game and I'll promise you today is February 19th 2018 I'll promise you there will be tears streaming from your eyes whether you're 45 or 85 tears will be streaming down your eyes if TCU wins the national championship
0: Yes, they would, and it's because we lost to Baylor.
2: <laughs> well, I got two things to write down for this day.
1: One, the day Daniel said he didn't want to win the title, and two, Jeremy said that we signed between 20 and 25 guys. So I, I got this day. It's going to yeah, live in infamy. Put that down. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you, Jeremy. I would take that trade any day. If for nothing else, um, they would be so Baylor would be so excited that their their best win was uh, something uh, in in that situation that we have a national title and they have one in ten. My new favorite joke. So I want to get this some traction while it still is true. On a scale of one to eleven, how do you rate uh, uh, Baylor's recruiting class, Jeremy?
2: It's just, yeah, that's just, it's just two numbers. Okay. 10.
1: One and 11. Oh. One to 11. <laughs> because, man, you, you got to hold out for that Kansas game.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so.
1: All right, Jeremy.
0: Or the TCU game. Yeah,
1: that's right. All right, Jeremy, let's go to you. Um, important question What makes a perfect taco? <laughs>
2: uh, a good shell. I like a good, a good shell. I like a good crunchy shell, and uh, see, I'm not a big pico guy. I'm not a guac guy. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't like tomatoes. Uh, a shell, man. Shell and good meat. That's it. I don't care.
1: Are you going beef, steak, chicken, fish? Steak.
2: What's steak? your choice?
1: Yeah, steak. Okay. I'm, I'm a little biased towards chicken. That's what I've been eating a lot of lately. So, All right. Well, that was just a question that was on my <laughs> mind. Uh, Daniel, question for you. Celebrity Jeopardy, who wins? Uh, Schlossnagel, Dixon, or Patterson? You know, Celebrity Jeopardy. If, now, you can take that any direction you want. If you want to know what the – I don't know what categories are. You can have a vivid imagination. But who are you going to pick to win Celebrity Jeopardy among those three?
0: I'm going to go with – loss if it's just like random you know generic you know but if there's anything like obviously Patterson would win football jeopardy against anybody um, I think because if he watched him during that uh, the playoff game you know uh, you know that so I, I don't know that's just how I feel
1: if it, if one of the categories was Google Earth, obviously I'd go with Patterson. <laughs> um, you know, Dixon is still a member of the Screen Actors Guild, so I you know if it has anything to do with Hollywood or acting or you know perfecting your artistic craft, probably go with uh, with Dixon. But you might be right; Schloss might be might be the have the he might be the dark horse in that. But it all kind of depends I, on categories. So
0: yeah, I was thinking about that, and like he just seems like he might have the overall. Better general knowledge of things.
2: Oh. Hey, if 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 Jeopardy had the question, what is the movie Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock starred in, in a high thriller uh, chase in early nineteen nineties? What would that be, Coach Patterson?
0: The bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> you just you just missed my whole joke, Daniel. That would be Speed Baby. Speed Baby. Thanks. Th- oh, speed Baby. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh. laughs>
2: I was going with the Simpsons joke. Play the boo, this man. <laughs> Play it on yourself, <laughs> this man. All
1: right, last question here for you, uh, for you, JC. If you could uh, bring back yeah. one player from the big, the pre Big Twelve days, so go back to Conference USA, you know the ten minutes in the Big East, the the Mountain West. If you could pick one player from the pre Big Twelve days to fill a hole in twenty eighteen. Who would it be? But here's the catch. They got to play at their current age. You can't say, like, 20 year old Jason Verrett. You can't say, you know, 20 year old Ladanian Tomlinson. Who, you yeah. know, who would you pick to fill that hole as is?
2: Jason Verrett.
1: Bob, Bob Lilly. <laughs> <Bob laughs> <Lily. laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. J- so you're going to go with Jason Verrett as a lockdown corner to take uh, Ranthony Hottest spot.
2: Yeah. he He was. Wow. Pre Big Twelve days, right? He was gone before then, right? Or did he was yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he part of that seven and six team?
1: No, yeah, he was part of the seven and he was part of the twelve and thirteen team.
2: Okay, so he's out. I would say Daryl Washington to replace Traven Howard.
1: That's a good guess. That's a, that's not a bad uh that's not a bad pick. I was thinking Marcus Cannon.
2: Marcus Cannon would be pretty daggum good too.
1: Yeah, I think he can still play. I think he can still play. Although I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against Ladanian Tomlinson still knowing what to do if he gets the ball in his hands in the open field. So my might go Tomlinson. You know, I think we're pretty stacked at quarterback. I think Gashawn's going to have a really good year, so I probably wouldn't take Andy Dalton. Yeah. Even though he could he could do the job. So I don't know. That's that's kind of my thoughts. That was a question I had in my mind. Those are the things I think about on the treadmill in the morning. So, you know, great tacos, pre Big 12 players that could still make an impact at their current age. So, so I'm going to I'm going to have right. to go at and say, Daniel might be right. Bob Lilly, he might be able to – he still might be able to get in there and play. Maybe.
0: Yeah, these kids are <laughs> soft
1: they are hard. He doesn't need no pro- concussion protocol, baby. He knows – he he just go out there and you play. <sighs> well, I, you know, for our listeners' sake, I think we might have exhausted everything that's on our outline. But anything else for the good of the cause that's on your all's mind about, you know, the frogs, sports, culture, life, uh, you know, I, I think I can sing the National Anthem better than Fergie.
2: Oh, but gosh. I can't watch that. That was so bad. Man.
0: Don't. I haven't watched it. I've seen what the story is. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was so bad. She sent out an apology today. It's like, I love my country. I'm so sorry. I was just trying to be creative. I'm like, yeah. see, you know, when, when Whitney Whitney is the bar. That's in my by opinion, you know, Whitney. Whitney is the by far. Nothing touches it.
0: How did it? How did it compare to when Roseanne sang it?
1: Well, she didn't spit when it was over. So, <laughs> no, no. That's the thing. This is this isn't like some you know war about the national anthem, you know, and all the hot air about that. This was just like that. Is a terrible you 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 ruined that song. That, that is, you know how like you're in church and somebody sings. And the only reason they're singing is because they're like the pastor's daughter. That's what this was. This was really bad. And nobody would tell her except for Twitter. And so that was my take. Here's, it was here's
2: something for you guys. TCU offered a 2021 quarterback tonight. Preston stone offers legit. He still got three years to go. So they're already, where is he out, out of, of parish Episcopal in Dallas? <laughs> He's, he got okay. a Texas tech offer TCU. He's, he's probably going to blow up. He's going to be one of the top 2021 kids in the country, but he started last year as a freshman, almost threw for 3000, almost 30 touchdowns. So he's uh he's a legit kid. Be one to watch. I mean, they're, they're getting a head start good? on these quarterbacks. I mean, you've already got offers to 2019, 2020. They're going to go after Hudson card pretty good. And Ken seals, I think is a name to k- keep watching. Uh, in 2021, man, you get, for quarterbacks, you really got to get out in front of these guys, and that's what they did.
1: You know, Sean committed at the end of his sophomore year. People forget that, and that, that stuck. So, I, yeah, I, I think that's a great move. You got to get out in front because that's what you want to lock down in this class. I think, I think we all saw the benefit of exactly. Justin Rogers locking down, you know, yeah and 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 if we could lock down a quarterback now that would be great. I would love for Grant Gunnell. I know you said he's going to take his time, but um you got to have a bell cow for that class to go out there and recruit cuz those guys want to know who they're yep. playing with and even if you got a stacked roster above it which the frogs do, you're looking at your peers in your class and you're trying to figure out who the leader is. So that's a that's going to be an opportunity. Um, all right, that's a good update. Anybody else that's uh, anything else worth worth noting before we wrap up here?
2: Hey, Daniel, Alito feature looks bright, man. I saw two of their 2021 kids too. Hey, the, you asked earlier, I, I, and I completely forgot to talk about the, uh, the the best of DFW showcase that is put on by Skies uh, uh, the Limit and uh, Flight Skills, two of, the, two of the very best trainers in the area. You know, I love both those guys. Those guys... You you hear the word trainer, and you autom- a lot of people automatically assume oh he's he's in it for the wrong reasons. These two guys are not in it for the wrong these these two guys are the most legit guys out there, and, and they do nothing but help these kids get noticed, and and they never f- ask for anything. They never ask for anything in return, um, and man, they just they. I, as a matter of fact, I'm taking my son to them when he gets old enough. So that tells you what I think about those two. Uh, They have such a great group of of young kids, and I go to those camps because it gives me a chance to really start developing relationships with the kids that aren't part of the recruiting process now. And when you ask them their name, they kind of get dumbfounded, wondering why you're asking them their name, because they haven't gone through the whole spill of what's your name, where are you from, what class are you, who are you hearing from, because some of these kids are better than what they know They are right now at this age. And it's crazy to be talking about 2020 kids and 2021 kids, but when they're 6'5", 6'3", 6'2", 220, you're going to start talking about them. You're going to start talking about them a lot more, and I think it shows that when TCU is offering a 2021 kid, recruiting is starting a lot earlier than we're all used to, and we better get used to it. You know, I'll just say I bet
1: that's a great time to come in uh, contact with those young men where they everybody around them kind of realizes their ability and, and their ceiling, and it, it hasn't really gone to their head. I'm not saying that just because a kid is aware of how good he is, it's gone to his head. But that's got to be a great moment to to see a young man's eyes light up and be like, wow, somebody, somebody wants to talk to me. Some, you know, Big 12 school, a guy that covers a Big 12 school is interested in me. They, they must think something of me. So that's probably hey, a I got great breaking thing to have
2: something here, folks, uh, the uh not the the Nada Not Champions Whoa. is indeed open to the public.
1: Yes, love it. That's good to hear. If you made it here, we're at fifty two fifty. If you made it this long, you uh you you, you stuck around <laughs> to get the golden nugget, so that's good. Well, as always, we appreciate everybody listening. We've been able to make this work without any internet issues, and we're going to bring this to an end. We had a good conversation, kicked off with some baseball and some basketball, and as always, a lot of good football and a lot of good Chicken Express talk. So for Jeremy and for Daniel, I'm Jeff Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening to the broadcast.